When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. as they want to be a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series dynasty i'm your host derek j lang and with me is my little christmas elf kyler k jafari got a head for business and a body for sin ho 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 well we're recording this right on christmas day honey so happy holidays to i mean by the time we upload this it's probably gonna be you know february yeah don't even (laughs) it'll be arbor day happy arbor day everyone i think we've quit making promises at this point (laughs) but yeah we just thought you know we're in the mood Let's put on the latest episode, Fathers and Sons. It's a homecoming. It's very kind of familiar and festive. So, you know, I thought I went with the Christmas season. We can just channel our lack of family reunion during the Christmas tide through Dynasty. Instead. Yeah, why we're not? not with our real family, so why let's, not let's spend it with, with the, the family we wish we had? <laughs> I don't know about that. Those Carringtons. Yeah, are, these people are monsters. They really are, and you can see that in this episode. Oh boy, the drama. Well, Kyler, let everybody, and me, because I think I know what this is, but I need to know the ingredients, what well, cocktail you were, were You were bitching and moaning that they drink so much brandy on this show. No, no, no. Wait a minute. I wasn't bitching and moaning. I just, in this episode, they were drinking brandy. Mark offers Fallon a brandy in his room back at La Mirage. And I said, you know, I don't feel like we drink enough brandy. And Nobody you- drinks enough brandy. <laughs> it's this undiscovered or forgotten, I should say, liquor that should be in everybody's bar, if not on the sofa table with a decanter. You know, as the Carringtons do. Well, we have decanters and there's no brandy in them. So that was my point. I was just saying. But it we would don't be have n- a sofa table. It would be nice to have around. Anyway, what the hell is this? It's not just brandy. No, because just brandy. Is, you were correct when you said earlier. That's a little bit more of a, a night drink or an after dinner drink. And it is uh, 9 a.m. right now. Right. <laughs> so we have to make a mixed drink with it. So this is the the stinger you would be forgiven for calling it a brandy stinger but the original stinger is just 
brandy, so there's no reason to call it that. Just I think it sort of survived in the 60s and 70s as a vodka stinger. It's not a great drink. I'm just going to be upfront about this. I've heard other versions of stingers existing. Here's the thing. All it is is a couple or three ounces of brandy, and the original, I believe, was two to one with creme de menthe, which is this grosso post-prohibition there were all these like trendy creme liqueurs that happened in the 40s through the 70s that were just kind of nasty and there's a reason why they didn't come back when all the craft cocktail revolution happened 10 years ago well cheers we've dialed down the proportions here and it's more like a martini style where it's like all brandy and just a teensy drop of the creme de menthe because nobody really wants to taste all of that it's like cough syrup, you know. Oh, this is a great Christmas cocktail. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. I had forgotten it's this drink. Just enough. I used to make these a little more often, and it just sort of you you brought up brandy, and I was like, well, what's a drink you can make with brandy since we can't just drink brandy at nine a.m. and it's Christmas, so it all just kind of. Oh, I love this. No, this is keeping me in the festive holiday spirit. Well, if honey. you want the actual proportions, I think I did this like seven or eight to one. So the creme de menthe is just kind of a whisper in the bottom there. All right. Well, I know we have some cocktail fiends out there that listen. You need to write that recipe down and and try it. I mean, it's just there enough, you know? And actually the brandy, you know. like suck it on a candy Brandy's already kind of a mellow situation. And then you kind of dilute it ever so slightly by stirring it. I don't recommend shaking this drink. Well, and what I like about mixing the mint with the alcohol is that it gives you this burst of... Menthol cigarette? No, that's not what I was going to say. It just gives you a burst of flavor and energy, but it's not too sweet or saccharine. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the original is very sweet and saccharine, and that's probably why nobody would drink this today. Yeah, I could see this going off the rails real quickly, yeah. but I think it was smart to dial down the creme de menthe. And you get your brandy fix. Everybody go out and buy a bottle of brandy. You've been missing out. Well, we're getting our dynasty fix because we had a couple of prezies from friends and family that were dynasty themed. I guess that's what happens when you host a dynasty podcast. People are like, well, what do I get those two freaks? I guess I'll get them... The Dynasty TV Series Collection Puzzle. Our dear friends, Vinny and Lauren, I guess they went on eBay or some Etsy shop or something because this is a sealed puzzle. 551 pieces. I don't know what the one extra puzzle piece is. Maybe they needed that for for Crystal's bangs. But it's called The Happy Couple, and it's a gorgeous portrait of John Forsythe. Blake Carrington and Linda Evans as Crystal Carrington and she's draped in a fur with exposed shoulder. I mean, she's never looked better. She's never looked like this on the show. Yeah, this is probably from later on when they were She's usually got like a like a sweater up to her neck or something covering her cleavage at least. Yeah, so I want to see outrageous. this crystal. But obviously, they had to sell puzzles, so <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah. You know what they say, sex sells puzzles, but you noted that this might be difficult because there's actually a lot yeah, of... Let's like, get practical. Practical. I mean, I'm a puzzle person from way back, but I know everybody's gotten into puzzles these days. There's a lot of black, and it's not just in Blake's tuxedo. Yeah, Blake's it's, wearing a tuxedo, but then they're like 
Well, it's like it's like one of those Olin Mills, you know, family portraits where, but it's like it's the the sexy one, and every it's just a black background. I don't know how you would do this puzzle, even if it's only five hundred fifty one pieces. So, well, the other, I, I just might put put her bare shoulder and fur coat together, and then put the rest of the puzzle on the back. Yeah, of the box. fuck Blake, leave know. him out. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the other thing is, is do we even open it? Because I went to take a look inside, and it's still sealed. So this is mint, creme de mint condition here, this puzzle. I don't know. There, I don't know that there's a huge collectible market for this when it's sealed or not sealed. So I, I say just bust it open and do what it, you're supposed to do with it. Well, the other gift that we received, I was delighted to see under the tree a little tag on one of the prezzies that said, from Claudia. Well, now you said all of our friends and family had gotten us something or fans. And so now I'm like, Oh, did Claudia get us? Is she a friend? She would be a friend of ours, I think. We I love mean, I'm Claudia. a friend of hers. I'm a friend of Claudia. Well, she's apparently got a lot of friends all over the world. So Claudia, a.k.a. Kyler, purchased a vintage edition of Playboy from April 1983. And I opened this up and there's a beautiful brunette with a with some bottom boob exposed it's she's not totally topless you don't usually get bottom boob that's an interesting pose yeah Yeah. this seems early for bottom boob but i did not recognize her but then right to the left of her on the cover it says dynasty star pamela bellwood goes native and an exotic exclusive pictorial and i was like well is that is that pamela bellwood on the cover of playboy no. I know. I'm like, why isn't she on the cover? I think that she's this... got to be way more important than whoever this nice young woman is. Well, they've got an interview with Paul Newman and Norman Mailer. And then they also have Ladies of Spain, 10 pages of spicy senoritas. Eek. So I'm uh. thinking this is a spicy senorita. But yeah, fuck them. They should have given Pamela Bellwood the cover. Especially once you open it up and see what's under the hood. Oh, honey. Once you open this up, I was not prepared, especially not on Christmas morning. Thank God we're not allowed to see our family or friends because this is scandalous. So the feature is called Going Native. Television's Pamela Bellwood visits another dynasty among the Maasai of Kenya. This is Pamela Bellwood getting painted topless with these full tribal jewelry yeah tribal jewelry body yaddy yaddy hanging out with the men and women of a a maasai tribe well i mean this is what pamela bellwood's been up to since claudia left town i guess so so this is april 1983 actually the episode that we're talking about today fathers and sons i know you're probably listening to this like yo when are you gonna fucking talk about the episode you've been talking about your christmas presents for 30 minutes um the episode that we're on today originally aired in march so this came out a little later Spoiler alert, I know this because I've been spoiled. Kyler, you know this because you've watched Dynasty. Claudia and because I'm spoiled. Claudia will be coming back. So I think this was this was timed to her return. And oh my gosh. Oh yeah, this this was putting her back on the radar. Capturing so. attention. Now, you know, even though I am a writer editor myself, I did not read Playboy for the articles. I just looked at the pictures. Yeah, no, I mean, come on now. So maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later when I, Claudia... I read it for the cigarette and the liquor ads. <laughs> I know. Every ad in here is for And the Jen... Pamela Bellwood spread in April 1983. Now, you say spread, but this is just topless. And it's very tasteful and 
fierce as fuck it's I actually mean, uh, you know honestly if you just take it aesthetically on its own it's kind of artistic i mean uh, yes there are are breasts i don't know i feel like there's a power dynamic that's visible here where she's equal to them but i don't know and i don't want to read too much into that but anyway so i mean this could be considered cultural appropriation well that's okay so now if you want to recontextualize it yes i mean it's it's a little it's not cringy but it's like going native that's that's not a term we can use anymore you know so that's already a problem yeah it doesn't matter i think it's just highly interesting the images are very hard to find on the internet like you can find a couple but you kind of just have to buy the magazine to like see the whole thing because apparently nobody else cares about this as much as i do (laughs) (laughs) um well i love it like one copy kicking around thank you very much i promise i will read the article and maybe we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive in into it because i think the article will kind of explain why pamela bellwood was hanging out in in kenya but yeah don't thank me thank claudia thank you claudia p.s this just reinforces my love for the character yeah and you know i don't want to diminish anything but oh my god what what a great rack (laughs) perky all right enough (laughs) just go back to reading the articles (laughs) well should we take a break and get into this week's episode fathers and sons let's do that This week's installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Trial! You just have to sign up. Go to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast to browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. You know, they got Barack Obama's new book on there. You've told me. No, that was Michelle Obama's book. They have separate books, honey. You also want to know what's on Audible? Dynasty as they want to be. We're available on Audible now. Wait, you wrote a book? No, 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 no. The podcast is available on Amazon Music, Audible. Well, I listened to a book. (laughs) Yeah, on Audible. Hopefully you use the code nasty podcast at audibletrial.com or just text nasty podcast to 500 500 welcome back oh nothing like having your long lost son who you thought got killed on an oil rig but instead just got a face transplant they talk about the plastic surgery so much it's so self-conscious even the servants are like worried about his facial reconstruction this isn't the first soap opera where they replaced somebody with another actor and I think there's. This is not even the first soap opera where somebody was under the guise of fake play, f- face plath. Drink your brandy stinger. Fake plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre that they make such a big deal. Mrs. Gunnerson is all worried about it, and she goes into the the new gym. I guess one of the forty five rooms of the Carrington Mansion is the second gym that Crystal's working out in, and she's all preparing a feast and worried what he's going to look like and. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we're still in Singapore, but this is the episode we're finally done with Singapore. We have a little bit of Blake. This really is a slow boat from China. (laughs) Yeah. You've got a son who's a Carrington. Tell me you don't want to see him. A son? How do you know he's mine? How will I ever know, really know? I have a wife who ran off to Hollywood, remember? I saw her there, naked in that studio with that creep photographer. 
He could be the father. Anybody west of the Rockies could be the father. He resembles you, Stephen. Which me? This me or the old me? Yeah, the whole MO to get Stephen back in Denver is little Danny. And Stephen wasn't even really that into it anyway. He was like, I don't care that I have a son. I'm done with you guys. I, That's how much he fucking hates this family. I, I, I somewhat, Happy holidays. I would alter that thought because I think that Fallon is actually the reason. Yeah. Or at least she's the part of it. The first reason why. And that's the convincing moment for Steven. Mm -hmm. Because up until this point, obviously he's you know, thought he was gonna go out and blaze a new trail and he didn't need the Carringtons anymore. Right. Yeah, Blake is not going to be the one convincing him to come back. He's the main an adversary here. I know he's not happy with his mom either. Well, but you know, th this is kind of returning the show a little bit and just for a moment the, to the the generational divide that this show kind of touches on and probably made a little more out of earlier but well and we've always said we love the relationship between steven and fallon it's been sincere yeah. and honest and really the only thing that hasn't cracked well it, it gives me it pangs of nostalgia because this it, this does a little bit button the show back up to the original place of steven being the center with Claudia on one side and Fallon on the other and once Fallon kind of became less of a an important character and once Steven just disappeared and once Claudia was sent off to the to the bin the show kind of turned into a very different thing and it became very sort of more obsessed with artifice and now I will say you have been saying that a lot lately and I haven't totally agreed but it's not something I've really wanted to go to the mat about but this episode, I really did feel like it was veering into a soapy, over-the-top, cheesy kind of way. And you know what did it for me? A couple of times, characters talking to the camera where they kind of turn away. It's a very soapy thing. Oh, there's a name for that, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a French word or just something dirty but yeah it's, la it's, la. The, it's the over the shoulder camera shot mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's back talking or yeah. Something, yeah when crystal goes to alexis's penthouse to tell her that steven is in fact alive she does it alexis turns away she's still talking to crystal but she's got it back to her and it's like that never happens in reality that is such soap blocking and that it's not real and oh my god can we just comment on alexis wearing a full face to bed and then she has her like negligee with the matching robe i mean we talk about this stuff from time to time but it really you, you have to call it out because it is it's still ridiculous it's it, totally just because ridiculous. they keep doing it doesn't mean it's not ridiculous that she goes to bed in full makeup and there's okay so the two notes at the top of my list about this episode were lots and lots of nightwear everybody is in flowing nightgowns like and it's it's kind of like the reason I guess why I love Blanche from the Golden Girls so much is like there's all of this like great nightwear, but it's also kind of like, well, is this a nighty episode? Why is everybody in night attire in this episode? The timing of this episode is pretty bizarre because we have Jeff and Kirby coming back from the rescue effort at the Desert Inn, sneaking into the mansion and calling Derek the pilot, which I love that my name was used as a That's just because you, you want Jeff to call you in the middle of the night. So he can hop on 
top of me. Right. And then you take him to take Reno. Off. <laughs> take off to Reno, which is what they do. And uh, were they getting married by the same pe- old couple that married Stephen and Sammy Joe? What I is think this? there's only so many old couples uh, in the uh, at central casting. <laughs> I guess this was like a trope in the 80s that old married couple would marry I, I, okay, young so couples. Okay, so it's interesting you bring that up because like it's clearly not material, but it's fun to think like the same old married couple that runs a motel on the side got woken up in the middle of the night to marry Stephen and Sammy Joe as well as Jeff and Kirby. There's not really much to that, but it's just a fun thought. Anyway, so yeah, so she almost she has pizza and Chianti with Adam then gets rescued, then sneaks back to the mansion, then calls Derek the pilot. They fly to Reno. They get married. And then they consummate their relationship in some Louis the Fourteenth themed honeymoon suite in Reno. This is a long-ass night <laughs> for Dynasty. It's it's weird that it's in Reno, too. Why isn't it in Las Vegas? I, I feel like they have a chapel of love. You can get because married in the, Las Vegas. I think that's where he married Fallon, so it's probably got bad vibes. Uh-huh. You know? That just goes to show what a fuck-up Jeff is, that he's marrying all of these women. And Kirby even calls him out on it, too. She's like, this is a rebound, oh, right? Yeah, I, I think Jeff's a total serial monogamist, mm-hmm. maybe undercover, but Kirby's clearly already figured that out. They were out. on the top of the covers, actually. Uh, well, that's more night attire, you know? <laughs> Everybody's in pajamas and robes and and nightgowns. It's ridiculous. It's like an agent provocateur ad. I'm just wondering if... If what? This isn't a classic case of a divorced man. Go on. Marrying on the rebound. (laughs) There, I said it. And I hope you're sorry you said it. I am. Tell me one thing. Just one thing. Do you want me as much now as you wanted Fallon once? Yes. It's just ridiculous that she asks if she's his rebound after they've already exchanged rings and done the deed. Who knows how many times? Well, also the two of them are just like not fun chemistry. I mean, they're... They're fine as actors together, like playing the scene or whatever. But no, they're not. There's they, just like there's a lot of like smushing of faces. They look like a couple of Muppets. Yeah, we get more of that fake. And weird... Kirby is Kermit, and Jeff is Mrs. Piggy. I know we've complained about it before. Miss Piggy, excuse me, Ms. Piggy. Oh, Kirby. <laughs> no, I'm bad at that. Never mind. I can't. I can't. I can't my throat won't do it today. I know we've complained about it before, but they do more of that dry. It's not even kissing. It's just face touching. I thought about it some more and there's like no moisture between their lips. Like, I wonder if these two just couldn't fucking stand And look, other. y'all, I realize this all sounds very uncomfortable to talk about, but I totally agree. And I think it needs to be talked about because yes, this is... This is like dry docking, but with faces, and there's not even um, chapstick or Vaseline or anything. I it's was thinking just the like, same thing. They need to put some chapstick like the, the on. The makeup is matte, and they're, 
I don't know. You could dissect this. It's and two it pieces of drywall just, being rubbed just, together. Yes, there you go. Anyway, we were jumping around a lot. We like to jump around. That's what we do. Jump, jump around. around. Jump, jump around. around. I feel like Mrs. Gunnerson and Steven have more chemistry than <laughs> Kirby and Jeff. I Did, want. I want to see that makeout scene. <laughs> she was like a little too excited for him to come home, and then you know they built up this entrance, and I guess I get it because it is jack coleman stepping into this iconic question mark role and they have all the servants lined up and the family has gathered alexis and adam come alexis treats this like she's going to the fucking opening night of some toscana opera i was gonna say everybody is kind of dressed for a funeral or for a gala ball i can't really tell but either way they're all wearing like lots of black and it's all very dressy and glamorous looking and you know then it's it's juxtaposed with steven who's like in the sears catalog 1984 and or 1983 three whatever how much did the sears catalog really change from one year to the next but anyway like he's he's clearly like not there for that and they're all like making it this big occasion i've never been invited to a party for somebody who was thought just got a face transplant and (laughs) yeah yeah. actually maybe i have been now that i think about it but yeah i don't know oh yeah that's a big thing like rich people have plastic surgery parties it's like a baby shower but for your face exactly i don't know what the rules are for something like that but they treated it like it was a ball this scene is supposed to be super exciting and they really just lay on the schmaltz oh I mean, when crystal descends bad. from the staircase oh holding little danny it i mean i'm glad we're recording this on christmas she, she because was, she's the virgin mary she's virgin mary descending from heaven with the christ child i mean it's ridiculous Come so on. fucking schmaltzy and is this tugging at people's heartstrings because he didn't even he doesn't really seem to care that much about the baby Well, that's kind of actually what i like and i don't know how intentional that was i don't know who the director of this particular episode was and I'm jerome really courtland sure your your boy but yeah i mean it, it may or may not be intentional that he's very like met about all of this. And meanwhile, the dramatics of the actual production of this scene are so over the top ridiculous. First of all, it's, you've got Alexis who does her 1938 entrance in her sort of a column gown, but it's got a suit top thing going on. It's like, is that even appropriate for what this is? And Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know and then what you've is got appropriate Linda for- coming down the stairs with the baby like i i don't from on high it's my favorite it's so much my favorite part about that wild scene though is that blake stopped to try to make it about himself even though this should be about steve that's what blake does of that's course, what he do he's like a little bitch but crystal coming down at just the wrong time interrupts him speechifying which i'm actually very thankful for that was a christmas miracle we didn't have to listen to him well you know he even says like well hold on i've got to get a word in first you know because like oh don't here we go the patriarch got to patronize you know like nobody wanted your speech well there is a lot it's certainly not steven's moment steven doesn't want to be here for any of this yeah there is a lot of sadness surrounding this and we get sweet jeanette and talking to crystal in the the baby nursery about this well i'm happy for steven but I know how torn apart you were when you lost your own baby. And you had such plans for this one. I'm sorry for you. Don't be sorry. It's Stephen's child. 
Well, I only hope that you can have another one. I don't know what made me say that. This kind of is signaling that Crystal's not going to get this free baby. Well, not I love, free. I love that Jeanette really steps in it, too. She She's always <laughs> is stepping in it. She says the wrong thing every time, and yet they still keep her on the payroll. She should have been fired after she testified against Blake, you know, two seasons ago. <laughs> Jesus. And she just like leaves the nursery and Crystal like weeping with her baby child in the nursery. Not her so baby ridiculous. child. It's just such a typical Crystal moment too. Like it just, you know, that's that's all she's good for is a good cry. I kind of feel bad because she really did want a baby. Alexis, you know, made her miscarry and this seemed like an easy path well, to have a child so whenever we watch these episodes you know we, I, we take notes or whatever I, I kind of structure them a little bit more around the characters and what's going on with the characters and I, I've noticed something consistent which is Crystal never really she's always between worlds like she's never really her own and she and Blake are not really ever not for a while at least I mean I think in the beginning she and Blake were a thing and it's almost like the writers got bored with Crystal at this point but everybody loves her back then and you know she's a, a nice screen presence so they just find ways to keep her around and it's not like Blake can get divorced you know that would screw up the show yeah she's not she's not making moves but that I think you're right I think that's not her character you know she's not Machiavellian in that way which is fine you don't you don't have to be a Machiavell to you know be interesting I mean, I, I will say the one interesting thing she did in this show was uh, her, I don't know if it was a peace offering, but she at least did the right thing and went to tell Alexis that, you know, Stephen was coming back. Yeah, I did like that moment between them because it was a scene where they put all of their bitchiness aside for the greater good, which is the fact that Stephen is, is, is alive. And now I did wish we would have got a little more with Adam because... Adam and Steven, this is the first time that they've ever met. And you do get a little well, bit of like this isn't your first rodeo. Eye. Don't you think they're going to explore that fully probably oh later. yeah oh honey Maybe. no i'm i'm sure i have seven more seasons to go of right. them exploring that but just in this moment i wanted more because you know he's seen fallon he knows all the rest well of them. it was interesting because when he and adam meet at the homecoming you could see the the body language so you know good for gordon thompson yeah like good good acting there mm -hmm. he's he's he sells the seething really well and it was definitely sort of like who's the imposter here you know like who's the pretender who who's the one who doesn't really deserve to be in this family well speaking of pretending steven does do what i have been doing for these episodes since danny has been introduced and that's question Teasing your hair no, oh my god. His it must take him. I was thinking watching this. It must take the hair crew hours to get Jack's hair to look like I that. feel like they perfected it with Heather Locklear and then now that she's gone they're like well we can just do this we'll to, apply that same to, yeah. can of Aquanet to his hair you see it in Steven's eyes and he says it that he's not totally sure that this baby is his and I just kept thinking well is that because you didn't have sex with Sammy Joe or maybe you didn't have sex with her enough I mean we know they did have sex at least a couple times but maybe not enough to put the bun in the oven? I, I, I felt like, okay, so I know with the scene or scenes or at least dialogue anyway that you're talking about, and that was, to me, that was a lot of the writers just 
tramp shaming Sammy Joe. Yeah, Sammy Joe got dragged through the mud this episode, and I'm so offended that she's not here to it, you defend know, her it's, honor. It's all like, well, let's never talk about when guys sleep around and who knows how many babies they made with somebody, but she's a problem. Like, <laughs> And Steven even says, like, anybody west of the Rockies could be the father. I know. It, again, it's tramp shaming. He even says something like, you know, oh, I saw her naked in the studio. Yeah. She could have fucked the photographer. Which supposed to mean that that's the child's illegitimate or not his at least. So it, it for all intents and purposes, we have to assume this child is his. Like let's let's not try to get too baroque with our theories about the story here. You mean baroque like the decorations in the honeymoon suite of Jeff and Kirby? But definitely not like Jeff and Kirby kissing. It's really exciting that Steven gets to see La Mirage because, you know, he had pieced out before she took ownership and redecorated it and well, all the Mark stuff. Baby, if you're going to be pulled back into the fold, you're going straight to limbo with everybody else. <laughs> well, and everybody's there. Alexis has got her fur coat on and she's going to have lunch. Mark is there. He's got to sort out which woman he wants to bang, if it's Fallon, if it's Alexis. There's so much going on. And then... Well, I I just... Today, I think it's interesting. Today at the bar, on the menu, is only non-alcoholic cocktails. You've got the Virgin Mary, and you've got the club soda. Oh, I didn't even put that together, that Alexis orders a Virgin Mary, and And Crystal is acting like the Virgin Mary. And as much as these people are the drinkingest people I've ever seen on my screen, and they're having Virgin Marys and club soda. Well, Mark might be on the clock. He might have a lesson after this. When did that ever stop him? He's not not a big drinker he drinks i think he's drank a beer once so you need to calm down but it does give alexis a nice opportunity to have a stick of celery to take a nice snappy bite out of when she's punctuating joan does love her her props her statement yeah she does if If it's not a cigarette it's a stick of celery (laughs) when i gave you the pen alexis you were the one who spelled out the rules nothing serious no room for that in your life well That's something that you should be used to, having lived your kind of gigolo life. Should have suited you perfectly. Just fun and games, correct? No, not correct. You see, I'm not always in the mood for just fun and games. Now, if you'll excuse me, this gigolo has a lesson to give. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Mark really makes his mind up in this episode that he's not interested in continuing to fool around with Alexis no more afternoon delight, and he wants to... Make love to Fallon. Ugh, who says that? I want to make love to you. So gross. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people like that. Or maybe this is just because it's from back in the day. She likes it. And we do get the return, not in appearance, but in mention of the St. Dennis Club. Because apparently that's where Mark takes Fallon. But now they're at La Mirage, where everything's fake and it's all just you know virgin cocktails in purgatory well they have cocktails in that amazing fireplace that arched fireplace and they make it they make them talk through the fireplace through the fire through the fire (laughs) um they talk through the fire and it seemed like they were probably 50 feet away from each other that was supposed to be artsy i think more jerome Cortland, your favorite dynasty director always trying out the new camera angles <laughs> but at least they're not jetting off to get married you know i like that they're taking it slow but uh, 
I just cannot stop thinking about the fact that Fallon is getting into a relationship with her stepmother's first husband. It's so trashy. Yeah, they've been trying to play that up a little more in this episode. It doesn't really interest me that much, so I'm not paying a whole lot of attention. Sorry. But they do get in the mood with a glass of brandy. And what I really enjoyed about the through the fire dialogue, through there's, the fire. there's this like you know cue the saxophone like why is saxophone always in the 80s oh, associated when you with hear like, that sax you know it's sex you know it, it's you could say it's iconic it it's one thing that says what it is and you don't have to explain everybody knows when the saxophone comes mm-hmm. on and you can get it through the fcc yeah through the fcc <laughs> So the episode ends as it begins, Blake and Steven fighting. Steven can't make heads or tails of whether his father paid for his baby or what happened. So he's going to go to New York and find out from Sammy Joe. I mean, it is kind of fucked up that nobody in this family seems to have told Sammy Joe that Steven's alive. But that's fine with me because next week we're going to get the return of Heather Locklear as Sammy Joe. So I'm excited. Let's go to New York. I like that. I like that setup though, because they were trying to write off Sammy Joe as, you know, she's just the baby maker. We don't want her around. She's a tramp. She doesn't share our family values. It's also part of how screwed up the thing with Blake and the baby is, you know, Steven even says it toward the end here where Blake and Crystal took his child from him. Yeah. I mean, it's a little messy because we know what the reality is, but Steven, Steven doesn't. And, well, rightfully, he needs to figure out the truth. I think the reason Blake wants this child so bad is that he wants a second chance at fatherhood and he wants to have a, a do-over. Like, Oh, yeah. Let well, me see if I can raise a son that's not going to be gay this time. Honey, this show... Oh, well, yeah, there's that, too. I was going to say, the show's called Dynasty, so, you know, he's got to have his dynasty. And so far, it's just It's just hasn't. all more reasons why Blake is just a big, bad asshole, and I'm tired of all of his daddy issues. It's aggravating. The The... The whole patriarch thing. I mean, I don't know. I guess at least he keeps things shaken up. So anyway, the good thing is that Steven is here. Maybe he's queer. So get used to it. Now it's time for the part of the episode where Kyler and I choose our looks of the week. I almost wanted to choose the La Mirage cocktail waiter and waitresses outfits they're all wearing until fallon wore what wore it like why was she wearing the same outfit that was so weird to me she was it was like some short red mini skirt looking thing no no no. the la mirage cocktail waitresses they look like this comic book character her name's like zendaya or zenyatta or something Anyway, it's short shorts. It's like a magician's assistant outfit. It's like this gold tuxedo blazer and little short shorts. And the men are wearing the gold blazers, too. They're not wearing the short shorts, which is a missed opportunity. Well, it's not 1979 anymore, so. I don't know. It did seem a little chorus line, speaking of 1979. So I cannot give that my look of the week. I think I just have to give it to to Alexis and her butterfly mm, homecoming outfit. I think that's kind of the obvious one to choose, but not for bad reasons. The suit top is incredibly tailored. It's got this... Mm, fits like not, a glove. I wouldn't even call it hourglass. It's not that it fits like a glove. It's that it's shaped. 
And it's got the sort of peplum thing that everybody loved in the 80s, but it's actually not a ruffle. It's structured. And it's clearly a reference to like late 30s glamour dressing. Yeah, what she's done a little bit well, before. Yeah. And so, you know, so there's some of those references. And the feather hat. The feathers and the veil. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's hard not to really appreciate that. And that look. face is beat so much that even with a veil covering it, you can see all of that mascara. It's like purple or blue or something. Yeah, so much makeup showing through. And and it's, it's sort of a columnar shape like because the skirt is very... Mm-hmm. straight to the ground i'm telling you if it's like a glove so it's 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 well tailored and very structured and yet it still feels of the time it's not like it's retro so well, and i like to think as i was watching that scene that she chose this outfit on purpose because you know this is steven coming out of the cocoon and flying like a butterfly right so oh i think that's taking it too far well that's what i like to do i like to take it too far just like pamela bellwood i thought it was was like a big X, Madam X. Oh God! Whatever. Don't bring um, Madam X up into this. <laughs> so, for me, it was Crystal in the gym with no. the red Jazzercise outfit oh, on. Oh God! Well, it's it's fitness craze, and it's red from head to toe, and also it's boots. Who works out in boots and the headband? So Linda Evans has become Wonder Woman, but like dressed holiday style for a Jazzercise special. I, I renounce I my I wish. It's 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 a lot to kind of take in. It's you know. It's fine. The we'll only thing it. nice I'll say about that is for for many episodes now, we've seen some of these actresses wear outfits that are supposed to be monochromatic. I will say all of the shades of red match in that workout outfit. Yeah. She looks like she just took a bath in some red paint. Red for filth or for cardio. That's it for this installment of Dynasty as they want to be. If you want to follow along our journey in between episodes on social media, we're at Nasty Podcast, N-A-S-T-Y Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode, Fathers and Sons. Derek, this is the 80s. Your first marriage is just a rehearsal. Join us next week where we talk about the episode, The Downstairs Bride. Coffee, tea, or me? I can't believe we've been recording this whole (laughs) podcast and Pamela Bellwood's tits have just been out on the table. (laughs) I'll take them.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.